Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Ollie Watkins just gets away from him, but El Ghazi's behind him. And more El Ghazi! 3 0! Emphatic! Triore with Watkins available. Triore just passes it into the corner. Big moment for him. It's young. Here's Douglas the Wee, strong on the ball, opens up for John McGinn, plays the pass towards Watkins, 1-0 Villa! Villa's a big club, mate. Gather round fellow villains and welcome to episode 22, season 3 of Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast by underagaslitlamp.com, sponsored by Manscaped. This is probably the saddest podcast in our time on the show as we react to the news that Dean Smith has been shown the door at Aston Villa following the defeat at Southampton last Friday night. And we'll also be looking ahead to which poor soul will be next into the Villa hot seat. I'm Andy, and joining me this week are Craig and Dan. Oh, hello Andy, hello Dan, hello listener. Um, yeah, uh, dark days, Dino's gone and um, we're going we're gonna to chew through it, man. This is... Um I'm already getting a little bit emotional, genuinely. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, I, I think I tuned in just to listen to Craig do the Manscaped ad, and and if you hear the sound of a grown man sobbing in the corner, it's it's definitely not me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll start um, with you, Dan, um, if we don't mind. Um, this week, you uh, you penned a piece for our website. Your first, your debut, I believe, on under a gaslit lamp. Um, outlining your thoughts on on Dean Smith um, and the 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 sacking and, and and that sort of thing. So so would you mind giving us a bit of an overview? Um, don't necessarily spoil it for people that haven't read it, but a bit of an overview of the main points and some of the sentiment sentiment behind it. Yeah, first big thanks to Regan for letting me letting me write and pour out my thoughts. It's um, I was saying to Andy before we hit record. Actually, I feel worse about Dean Smith being fired than I did the season we went down. It's such a strange feeling. It's such an overly sentimental, overly emotional feeling that I'm feeling as as a Villa fan right now. And and I tried to put it into words. The the general gist of the piece was that that we had something special with Dean Smith. And and when our floppy head Prince was captain us too, it was proper Roy of the Rovers stuff. We had a, a Villa fan in the dugout, a Villa fan captaining us on the pitch, and. And in an age where football's decided by oil billionaires and video-assisted referees, it felt like we were doing something unique, something that kind of went against the trend. And I think more heart overhead, I wanted that to continue because it meant something. It, it, it meant something more than, you know, celebrating qualifying for the Europa Conference League or finishing 11th in the table rather than 12th. It felt like we, we were going back to the game's roots. And I don't know, for me... Smith sacking feels like a bad day because we lose that connection that he'd built between the fans and the players again, which, which let's not forget, wasn't there when he took over three years ago when we were languishing 15th in the championship. So it was really just a grown man trying to put all these emotions into words and discuss what Smith's, Smith's departure meant. And the gist of it, I think, is that football has no soul and it's a corporate entity that I'm not sure I can bring myself to watch anymore, if that's not being overly dramatic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it was a, it was a really really well pitched piece. I think I think it was like it was very different to anything else I've kind of read on the on on the topic since since the news broke sort of yesterday. 
Um, so you know, well, well done on that, um, Dan. It was a- and and a retweet from uh, Talk Sports Barry uh, Talk Sports even Barry uh, Glenn Denning, which isn't to be sniffed at. Let's say it's high praise indeed, especially if you go searching out his mentions to try and get him to retweet the piece for you. It was a shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> I essentially wanted Dean Smith to ring me up and say what a great thing it was, and me and Dean in this fantasy world are now best mates and playing golf together while he's trying to find his next job. So that's that's the future I choose to live in, whether it's real or not is a different thing entirely. I, th- I think, though, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, the the... the the whole the whole thing about Dean Smith being the Villa manager was that um, it, it, it sort of it, it was that idea that it reconnected us us to the club again. We was the club was so fractured. Um, not the the relegation and the, the the years leading up to that under Randy Lerner was one thing, of course, and the, the relegation. And then a, a you know a bad first year, but also then the the subsequent um, mess that Tony Shah created for the club. Um, although how much he actually knew about what was going on is is questionable. Um, and then obviously there was this you know the Steve Bruce issue, and what the the appointment of Dean Smith did was it it just generated this this kind of. Um, this feeling of, of of togetherness and and um, you know a, a connection that we'd not we'd not had for so long at the club, and of course Grealish you know had had remained at the club that summer um, prior to Dean Smith um, you know jo- joining the club, and there was just this 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 real togetherness. I can remember um, you know being a season ticket holder those years in the Championship. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether people remember. But I suppose they do. But the ground was never fully open. You know, the top tier of the Trinity Road was never open. Um, you know, it was it was certainly a weekdays. It was it was um, very sparse. The crowd at times. When Dean Smith took over, they opened the whole ground. You know, and we were selling thirty seven, thirty eight thousand again every week. Which which just sort of summed it up really what it what it what the appointment meant to, to people. But it wasn't just the fact that he was he was a Villa supporter. It was also the fact that he damn well earned that job. You know he had um, in his years at Warsaw and you know his his two or three years at Brentford. He'd earned that opportunity to manage Villa. He'd had an interview with with Perslow and Perslow had been impressed enough with him. To to reject um, perhaps the owner's um, preference to appoint uh, Thierry Henry and and to and to give the job to Dean Smith and you know from then on you know the club just grew and grew um, back to the level that we're, we're at now where we're you know we're, we're disappointed to be sixteenth in the in the Premier League you know um, three years ago we'd have we'd have we'd have taken your arm off for that wouldn't we and um, and I think that's that's the first sort of um, thing you can say about Dean Smith, and that's I think why people people do feel genuinely sad about about this whole thing. It's the you know we can talk we'll talk about results and things in a minute, but it's 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 you're losing you're losing a bit of the heart and soul of the club, I think. Um, and it's also like I was thinking about this earlier. It's almost like Perslow's attacked one of us. It's like it you know he's 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 he's, he's had a go at, at one of your mates and. 
we'll feel a little bit affronted by it. And, um, you know, that's how it feels to me anyway. You talk about the championship there, and I think that's really interesting because... I mean, ask any Villa fan their favourite memory of, of Dean Smith's reign. It'll probably be that record-breaking 10-game win streak that we had in the Championship. And I think it goes back to something fundamental as football fans. We we love stories. We gravitate towards stories. It's what we do as human beings. And the thing about Dean Smith, he's a great story. It's, you know, look at it across the league. When Leicester won the league, it became, you know, they're making it into a Hollywood movie. When the FA Cup's on, we, we gravitate towards, I don't know, Yeovil beating Man City on a muddy pitch on a Saturday night. It's We're, we're always looking for that individual, that unique story and Dean Smith gave us that and that's football at its best is it's not about finishing sixth in the league and and qualifying for a tin pot European Cup it's not about incremental upgrades to the playing staff it's not about formations it's not about tactics and styles it's about stories it's why we love Jack Grealish it's why we love Dean Smith and I don't know it just feels like like someone's killed Bambi's mum in getting rid of Dean Smith is they've just They've told me Santa doesn't exist. The Wizard of Oz is just a man behind the curtain. It's 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 revealed the ugly truth of football to me again, and that it's it's no longer something we can put our dreams and fantasies into. It's it's just a money making exercise that that is driven by cold hard logic. There is a little bit of the old yeller about it. Um, <laughs> you know, Dean Smith was a a faithful dog for Aston Villa, a good dog, saved the family. And Dean Smith got bitten by a rabid uh, wolf <laughs> in defence of literally a rabid wolf in, in the last 10 minutes. And um, unfortunately, the, uh, the the sickness spread into five defeats and Perslow has taken Old Yeller out the back and, and, and shot him in the head. Um, and you you just feel as though or I just feel as though I won't speak for anybody else because I understand there is a <laughs> there are divergent opinions on this uh, throughout the Villa fan base. So I'll just speak for myself. The feeling is for me that it, it wasn't an emergency yet. I don't think we were going to go down if that was the concern, um, and maybe it wasn't the concern. Maybe the the, the concern was just the the form. You know, we have 25 games remaining. We've already got 10 points on the board. Do we really think Villa can't win another six and draw another four, you know, to get to get to the magic 40-point mark or whatever? So I think it's really, really tricky. And um, it didn't seem like an emergency. It seemed like a bad run of form. And I don't think the club needed to do it. And that's why it... I don't think... I don't think it was absolutely necessary at this point in time, but I, I also appreciate other people disagree and they're welcome to that opinion. But Dean Smith was one of us. You talk about the romance, you know, Dean Smith and Jack Grealish were the heart and soul of this club. And we were doing podcasts in the heady days of, of, of midsummer when it was warm outside and we had sun on our back and sun and, 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 and beer in our bellies for the Euros talking about how our captain, Jack Grealish was going to be leading us into a European charge, uh, top six or bust, we were, we were talking about in the summer, and Dean Smith at the helm. And that dream is dead, you know. Again, with Jack Grealish turning his back on us and leaving for Manchester City, with Dean Smith uh, now being fired, you know, it is. It is old yellow. That dream has been taken out the back and shot in the head. And now we're left with a cold, calculated kind of football club no different from any other football club and it doesn't 
feel quite the same. Let's not even go back to summer. Let's go back to a month ago when we were beating United at Old Trafford and we were headily on this podcast talking about how good it was to be a Villa fan. It's It's been a month, guys. A month of bad results. And sure, we'll get into it and fans constantly talking about the amount of games we've lost this year and how much money he spent and everything that was wrong with Dean Smith. It's been a bad month. And I think that's what upsets me the most. In my mind, he had a lot more rope to play with. He had a lot more runway before we needed to talk about sacking him because he'd earned it. He had credit in the bank with Villa fans, with the hierarchy, with with everyone involved in the club. And we gave him a month. And sure, it's been a bad month. I mean, we've had worse as Villa fans, but it's been a pretty bad month. But in my mind, he'd earned the right to turn it around. And I think that's the thing I find most upsetting is that, yeah, the old yellow thing, we've taken him out back and shot him without taking him to the vet to see if we can find anything to fix him up. Uh, it, that's the thing that kind of sticks in my craw the most. I think I think there is that. I I, I think maybe, though, we're, we're, we're assuming that it's this bad run, run of form which has, which has tipped the boat. And actually, I wonder if... Um, my mind goes back to um, the game that was called off just before COVID, the pandemic, or, you know, just as we went into lockdown um, against Chelsea at home, where it was widely reported that this would be Dean Smith's last game. You know, he was, if he lost to Chelsea, which seemed likely, um, the form we were in, he was going to lose his job um, because Villa looked very, very, well, almost certain to go down and, 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 and that, um, you know, that that that, that um, stop that pause for for COVID before the restart kind of saved him, in a sense. Although he saved himself by actually doing something about it and turning it round, which all credit to him. You know, with some, uh, I think uh, I would say, you know, Trezor Gay saved his bacon. Um, you know, in that particular incidence, um, we won't mention uh, goal line uh, technology. At this point, um, but I wonder if it almost feels like Perslow's been waiting for this opportunity since then. Um, and I'm sure they get on great. I'm sure there's no bad blood. You know, it's not necessarily that that Perslow or the owners didn't like him, or you know, whatever. I just wonder if they feel that. They they want they want to try and take it onto another level and maybe maybe they felt that Dean Dean Smith was limited in that respect. Um, but my argument is you've got to give them you've got to give a bloke time to to prove to prove that he's he's not. Um, I think Craig, you said um, I think it was last season that you know there were people that wanted Dean Smith that were starting to question Dean Smith um, during the bad run when Jack Grealish was out. And uh, you know whether it was time to change, um, and and you were saying at the time, well, he hasn't he hasn't actually failed yet. You know, let's at least give him a chance to fail before we before we pull the trigger. You know, before we get on his back. And fair enough. And he still it? hasn't failed. You know, the exactly. the the noises coming out of the club is that we were looking for a top eight or a top ten finish. Uh, yes, we've fallen slightly behind that, but that is by no means out of the question, you know, given we're so early in the season. It is far from a done deal that Villa, Villa would not have finished in the top 10 under Dean Smith this season. So he never really had, even had the opportunity to fail. I think if this had gone on for another four or five games, then yeah, you could have said, well, now it's become a relegation battle. But I think 
he was never given the opportunity to to to, to really fail. Um, but having said that, you know, you, he, I said also a couple of weeks ago when Matt Target gave away that stupid uh, penalty at Arsenal. Don't slide in like that when don't give the referee a decision to make. And I also said, Dino, don't give these guys a decision to make. So while I will defend Dean to, to the hilt as a man and as a manager and for the overall arc of his, you know, his tenure, which has been nothing but successful. I tweeted today, um, you know, whether you're Smith in, Smith out or on the fence, there's no question, there's no argument of the fact that Dean Smith has left Aston Villa in a far, far superior position than when he uh, entered into the door in October 2018. I mean, that's not up for debate. I don't think anyone can argue that unless you're a moron, in which case, let's argue. But <laughs> the, uh, you know, the fact is, year-on-year -year progression is what he, he did. And we don't know whether or not he would have managed to beat the 11th place, place finish now this season. And we'll never know. And anyone who says, oh, I know for sure. I know for sure that Dean Smith wasn't going to finish top 10 this season. Well, you're a liar. You don't know. Just like I can't say for, for sure as a Dean Smith supporter, I know 100% he would have finished in the top 10 this season. I don't know that either because, you know, I don't have a crystal ball to look into the future. So we're never going to know whether or not he would have failed ultimately because he wasn't given that opportunity. I think, you know, he deserved a little more time, a little bit more time. But Christian Perslow, Nasef uh, Suarez and Wes Edens felt differently and they are the men in charge. Big question for you. I'm kind of because I, I realise my my point of view on this is warped. I've been on this podcast before touting Dean as a potential England manager, which I still hold true to. I love the guy and I make no qualms about it. But but where do you gents rank him amongst Villa managers of your lifetime? Because I was trying to think about this question the other day and I don't know, I haven't felt this connected to the club. I mean, this is certainly the most stable we've been since Martin O'Neill was in charge and I don't think I've felt this connected since John Gregory was in charge. I think from my point of view, I mean, my first my first manager was Graham Taylor, so I was very lucky um, in that respect. And I, I, I've always said that Graham Taylor, God rest his soul, um, is my favourite favourite Villa manager of all time. I just loved I just loved um, that introduction to life as a Villa fan um, with Graham Taylor and Platy and all uh, Chris Price, who you, neither of you guys know. Um, <laughs> So that was that, that was that was great. Uh, I, so I'd, I'd put Dean Smith up there with with him in terms of the, you know the the um, the manager. He's he's obviously not the most successful manager in that period because we've had we've had Ron Atkinson, we've had Brian Little who have won trophies, we've had John Gregory who's had successive sort of top six finishes. Um, and of course, we've had Martin O'Neill, who, who again, you know, was 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 very competitive at the top end of the league. So um, he's 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 not up there in terms of the the actual success, I suppose, on the field. But in terms of my personal opinion, and you know, if I was making my top three, um, he'd be closely, he'd be number two, closely behind um, Graham Taylor for me. Um, unfortunately, I was only really, uh, I only remember Graham Taylor's second tenure at Aston Villa, which was far <laughs> less, uh, yeah, I'll yeah far less um, effective, shall we say. Um, but yeah, God, God rest his soul. By all accounts, a wonderful man, Graham Taylor. So Graham Taylor wouldn't be in my conversation. 
I think um, my, probably my favourite manager, uh, just in terms of his bombast and his sunglasses and his demeanour, was Big Ron. You know, Champagne Ron, I think they used to call him. Um, you know, he he. I'm not sure he was the best football manager, but I just enjoyed him as a person. Um, the Brian Little team is is probably Brian Little probably is the, the best manager I would say of Aston Villa. Top four finishes, winning trophies, and just a wonderful collection of players um, from the sublime in the likes of Dwight York, um, you know, and, and Ian, Ian Taylor, Big Hugo, Gareth Southgate, although we don't like him anymore, to the ridiculous, the likes of uh, Sasa Churchich, Franz Carr, um, you know, and, and, and Milosevic spitting at Villa fans. You know, there was there was so much, you know, that was a real, a real boom period for Aston Villa. So I, I, I would say Brian Little probably is number one. And then... Dean Smith is certainly in the top five. I'd have Ron Atkinson in there again, won a trophy. I'd have Gregory in there. Um, probably should have done better when he was top of the league at Christmas. But obviously, as we know, Deadly Doug would not uh, finance Janino. And then we fell off a cliff. But I'm not sure John Gregory necessarily had the gravitas as a manager to really compete with uh, Wenger and and and. and Ferguson over the, a full season, but you never know. Uh, again, we Dudley Doug wouldn't pull the trigger, so you know Gregory had a, had a great run as well and a very good team. But uh, Dean Smith is certainly up there, and Dean Smith certainly is the manager that took over Villa in the worst position, um, probably other than Remy Gard. <laughs> it was yeah, not that I'm defending him, you know, but uh, for Dean Smith to take over mid table and championship and, and have established us in the Premier League really puts him in the company, certainly in rarefied area in, in my lifetime. Martin O'Neill as well, shout out to him, although he, uh, well, I, I have some, some, some problems with Martin O'Neill, but Dean Smith is certainly in the top five and um, definitely the best manager we've had in the last 10 years since Martin O'Neill, I think it's fair to say. Oh, definitely. I think, I think, that's, I think that's true. What about you, Dan? Is he your favourite? I honestly don't know. I, I think I'd put him up there just because of what he... It, it it depends on where you're at in your life, right? It's like asking someone what their favourite band is or what their favourite movie is. And for me, Dino will always be tied up with with COVID and lockdown. And and for regular listeners will know, I was the other side of the world in Canada and didn't have many connections to back home. And and all of a sudden, we had a winning Villa team with Dean Smith smiling on the touchline and thrashing Liverpool seven two. And it, it gave me a connection to home and it gave me a, a rare bead of light in an otherwise dark year so he's definitely up there for me because of that but likewise I mean John Gregory was so much fun and but he's up there I mean my my point is I don't think I've ever seen a Villa manager leave with such goodwill as Dino has this week or majority has this week I think that's that that's the thing that's that's kind of surprised me and I'm not sure whether it's just because the the Smith out um uh Boo boys, if you like, were have been a bit quieter, you know, since and they've kind of allowed the the outpouring to take place. But it has been, you know, pretty relentless. Certainly on my my social media feeds, it's been pretty pretty relentless support. Really, there's been very little, you know, scoffing or or, or I told you so's that I've seen. Um, other people might have have a different uh, experience of. Of, of social media and I think I think generally even people that I knew you know were quite keen for him to go have kind of you know you know not necessarily changed their tune but have, have respectfully said you know thanks thanks for for everything you've done Dino you know so I just 
I think, you know, I, I mean, I woke up this morning and it was sort of the first thing that popped into my head. And, you know, as much as I love Villa, it's not usually the first thing that comes into my head in the morning. <laughs> so, you know, this this probably shows um, shows how, how much uh, it's it's kind of affected me, really. Um, you know, and uh, I, I was sort of saying earlier that, um, you know... It's just about those. It's about those memories, isn't it? As well, and you know, we talked. We won't necessarily go over it. We talked a few a few weeks ago about about some of the memories of Dean Smith and and um, you know what he gave us as a fan base. But I, I tweeted earlier that 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 three month period between Derby at home on the second of March or whenever it was when we beat them four nil and the playoff final against Derby at Wembley um, at the end of May. That that three month period is the single most exhilarating and exciting um, period of time I've I've ever had watching watching Aston Villa. Um, for some people, it doesn't count because it was in the Championship, and you know people only only recognise the Premier League. Um, a bit like when people said the Tammy Abraham didn't goal scoring record didn't count because it was in the Championship, but you know. It, 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 you know these things. It's it's still the same. It's the, the the first time our club has ever won ten games in a row. Um, we we moved up the league. Some wonderful games, some wonderful performances um, to get into the playoffs, and then you know won the playoffs, and it was it was it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome from a fan's point of view, from being at the grounds, from following the team. You know everything about it was was incredible and. Um, I don't think that'll ever be surpassed. And, you know, from my perspective, Dean's, you know, a personal perspective of a lifetime of following this club, Dean Smith gave me that and that'll never, that'll never change. That's, 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 no one's ever going to surpass that for me. That I think that's it. We could, I mean, maybe if we win the Champions League one day or something like that, you know, but, <laughs> but you know, at the moment, that's, that's as good as it gets for me. It was it was absolutely fantastic. It was phenomenal. So, um, but you know, Dan, thanks for writing the piece. It was, you know, it was, it was great to read. And, um, but we, I mean, obviously in terms of, um, you know, the actual kind of reasons for him being sacked, I suppose we shouldn't, we shouldn't ignore, ignore that really. Um, in terms of the game and, and the business of football, you know, results are King and Smith, has found wins more difficult to come by over this this calendar year. Although I do have an issue with football fans referring to the calendar year, but you know that seems to be how they've come to this decision. Um, Perslow explained in the in the club statement that progress from the first half of, of last season had not been maintained or, or built on in the way that they'd hoped, um, and Villa slipped out of the the top ten. Um, Obviously, last season and now languishing sixteenth place after the, the the really disastrous run of late. Um, you know, as much as we wanted Smith to succeed, um, is this assessment by Perslow particularly fair? Um, particularly given some of the factors um, which we've obviously discussed, which may have been uh, outside Smith's control. You know, people leaving and and such like. Lots of mitigation that we've, we have spoken about, um, the ongoing COVID issues, ongoing injury issues, um, the, <coughs> excuse me, the leaving of the star player uh, and, and fulcrum of the team and, 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 and everything that he took with him. 
the um, changing of the backroom staff, the the you know the the the, the various issues that <laughs> referee decisions. You know, there's been all sorts. So I mean, I think that this is slightly unfair. You asked if if you know is it fair? I think it's a little bit unfair, but I don't think it's un completely unreasonable. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, this has just come completely out of the blue. I can't believe Dean Smith has been sacked because that would be disingenuous. He he absolutely, by losing five games in a row, by um, and also, again, the manner of some of the performances, particularly the defensive performance, you can't defend conceding four goals every week. I mean, you know, so let's not try and, and, and pull the wool over anyone's eyes. It was unacceptable. And again, as I said earlier, it gives the board a decision to make. It gives NSWE and Perslow a decision to make. So I would say it's unfair because I think he did have enough money in the bank. I think he hasn't been given the opportunity to fail. I don't think we're in a relegation dogfight. And I think that his aims or the aims that we think that he's been given, which we believe is top eight, top ten, somewhere in that neck of the woods, is not anywhere close to being out of question at the moment. You know, he was he could he could have still done that. He could have still got gotten us on target for a top ten seat for a top ten finish. And all of us, more or less, most Villa fans did anticipate having a rocky first half of the season. Um, but maybe we didn't anticipate it being this rocky. Um, I also think you know the, the calendar year. What a bag of bollocks that is. Um, obviously. In, in case you're, you've just, this is your first football podcast. The football season does not run from January to December. The football season runs uh, normally from, from late summer until, uh, uh, to, until late spring every year. And that is when we count the points. If we counted them in a calendar year, then I think Norwich would probably be riding high somewhere in the title chase right now <laughs> because of how well they did in the championship. But unfortunately, it's a different season. And it's a different league, so it doesn't count. Just like the calendar year thing doesn't count. I can accept it as a, um, as a, as a point of conversation, a point of discussion. I can accept it if you're going to say that the calendar year may point towards a trend, a downward trend. I can accept that as a, as a talking point, and that's reasonable. But to say, oh, well, no, 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 this is, this is how we judge a manager by calendar year. It's a, it's a bag of balls. Come on, let's, let's be serious. What that is, is people, and Perslow jumping on the bandwagon in his statement alluding to it, is using this period, which is completely arbitrary, made up in terms of uh, football, to justify a decision. My feeling is, if Perslow, Wes Edens, Nasef Suarez did not believe that Dean Smith was the man for the job, if they believed that he had hit his ceiling and that they wanted to go in a different direction, then have the balls, have the courage and your convictions to make that decision in June or July. Thank Dean, wish him the best in his future endeavours and say we're going in a different direction. But they're not going to do that because there would have been a big backlash. So I think it's slightly cowardly. I think it's unfair, but no, I do accept that Dean Smith has had some very poor results, so I don't think it's completely unreasonable sacking, but I am still disappointed with it nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, it's the reason that, that gets me. I think there's plenty of blame to go around. Something's not right at Villa. It's not been right since pre-season. 
But the fact that Dean Smith is carrying the can for that is what I think is the problem for me. I mean, a lot of the players there, of whether they've down tools because of the manager or they lost form, they owe him their careers, many of those players. The Martinez's, the Mings, they they owe Dean Smith their career and and, and they need to take some of the blame for this. But I think Perslow and, and, and the board need to take some blame for this. We, we were at fault for this on this podcast. We got excited over the summer. We talked about the great, the great structure we had at the club, how we were fighting for top six or bust and expectations were high and and you know what the board fueled those expectations they were they were chasing fanciful targets like Smith Rowe and James Ward Prowse which feel like foolish wastes of time right now and, and resources and and similarly transfer business that we got excited about but that doesn't look particularly joined up now Danny Ings caused us a tactical problem and, and feels like a an opportune signing that Smith maybe didn't want Leon Bailey wasn't the the kind of midfielder he wanted we didn't ever address central midfield or upgrade central defense and I think the board and, and Perslow need to have a long look at themselves and, and, and ask themselves whether their unrealistic expectations that Villa are a European chasing team is what cost Dean his job because we're not a European chasing team. We don't have the quality. And we've talked on this podcast many times about fighting the bear and you've got to continue to fight the bear. The bear is still fighting. The rest of the league got better last year. The, the league got worse because of COVID. But over the summer, they spent money. They improved. They improved their coaching We've we've cowered on the ground, covered our heads with our hands, which, by the way, is what you should do if you're fighting a bear. But the bear is carried on attacking us, and we've done nothing about it. Is this your Canadian experience of dealing with bears on the ground? Basically, if a bear attacks you, you're screwed. They're faster than you. They can climb higher than you. They're stronger than you. Your only hope is that it's not hungry and it buries you to save you for later. So, uh, and that's kind of what it's kind of what Perslo did this year. He'd hoped that the league would carry on faltering like it did last year and Villa would sneak in but it's not how it works and I, I think that's that's where I, there's plenty of blame to go round but right now all of that blame has been laid at Smith's door that's that's the thing that's the bit <clears throat> I think I feel uncomfortable about is you know and I did I, I, I don't want to keep referring to my tweets because they're not you know exactly uh, <laughs> you know um, matters of fact but it's but, all I read every day Andy <laughs> that's that's my daily reading I do tweet a lot um, but um it's it's this idea that you know Perslow essentially or the the board of essentially they've removed Jack's they've removed Dean Smith's um, main um, artillery in in Jack Grealish um, by giving him a, a year ago giving him a, a a release clause you know pandering to him you know a one hundred million pounds which was supposedly prohibitive. Um, you know, and when we all know that that's not a prohibitive sum for for one or two of the bigger clubs, um, so he's gone and he's sitting on the bench now at Man City, and you know, although you know you could argue that they've they've they, they've made efforts to um, to replace him, you can't actually replace you can't actually replace Jack Grealish. You can only do that over time. As his, as the memory of him kind of fades, and and you you kind of go through one or two reincarnations of the team, and you you eventually have a team where Jack Grealish was never part of it anyway. That's how you re- that's when you replace a player um, like that. So signing this idea that you can sign three players with the the the, the composite skills that that kind of you know form one 
one player so everything's okay is 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 absolute um to use Craig's term a bag of bollocks you know it, it is it is it is you know chop logic it's not it's not the right the right way to think um the better way to to have done that would have been to to sign um stronger players all over the field and let's let's improve the whole the whole team not necessarily trying to replace betra- replace uh, Jack's attributes so um they've kind of left him short you know and they whatever they say about how much they've spent they have spent spent big over a, a period of time there's no question about that but this summer they were in in profit i believe so um you know that that's another thing you know you sort of feel well they could have gone again they if they wanted ward prowse and dean smith really wanted him you know go and give you go and get the player you know get the player that that's going to make that formation and make make dean smith's game plan tick you know it's all a bit half arsed and 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 you know I'm that's something that that I'm 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 struggling with at the moment because I've lost a bit of faith over this whole period I've lost a bit of faith in 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 Perslow and the owners and what they're what they're doing um and that's not to say I'm taking Dean Smith's side over that or you know because he would have been involved in in a lot of that as well but you know I do I do feel like there's there's a there's been a disconnect for the first time there's a disconnect they they're not necessarily doing things for for the sake of progress um and I'm 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 starting to question them in my mind yeah I think questions are normal I think that you have to question because we've had owners before um <laughs> Dr. Tony, uh, shouldn't call him Dr. Old Tone, who's, uh, who I believe is, is <laughs> trying to evade authorities in China at the moment, um, to give you uh, some kind of, if you need, if you need an idea of his, the content of his character and, uh, you know, the likes of, uh, um, Keith Winus, old, our, our mate Brucey, you know, there weren't enough questions in the beginning of the Tony Jaa era. And that lack of scrutiny, lack of detailed um, um, oversight, nearly saw the kid, uh, the club killed. So we have to be more aware. We have to be more cautious because we've been burned before and burned very recently. So we have to make sure that we're we're looking at what is going on in 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 a, in a larger scale. The transfer business in the summer is up for debate, it's up for questions. Perslow has already done away with one um, sporting director in uh, Suso, old uh, Pitach. Now, because it was felt that he didn't fulfill his remit. But actually, in hindsight, the players that he signed on a shoestring in that first, in that first season, in that first summer, Actually, on paper now, with hindsight being twenty twenty, do not look so bad after all. With the likes of Douglas Weiss, Ez- Ezri Konza, etc., being really key players um, for for Aston Villa. So, Langer, Perslow are in the spotlight too. So, there is some finger pointing. There is undoubtedly in in any company, in any walk of life, company, family, personal lives. When things go wrong, people start covering their own backsides. It's human nature. So I think this part of this firing could be people trying to cover their own backside because, hey, we may have crapped the bed a little bit with some of this recruitment and we now have a bit of a mis, mis, a, a bit of a misshapen squad by the looks of things. 
Certainly it's a little bit top heavy. Certainly we are short in the midfield. And certainly we may have needed an upgrade in, cent in, in, in the centre-half position that wasn't Axel Bloody Twanzebi, Manchester United's <laughs> 17th choice centre-half. Don't let, let me get started on him. And, and, and what a wet blanket he was in that Southampton game. What a wet performance that was from him. Talk about not talk about not uh, not not showing up for 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 Dean Smith in his hour of need, and we're going to talk about the other players in a minute. But uh, disaster class from Twanzebi. Um, as 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 um, anyway, I, I should stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was wondering how long it had been. <laughs> Absolute yeah. wet wettest performance. The, the one good thing to come from this is hopefully. Hopefully, whoever the new manager is send, sends him straight back to Old Trafford with his tail between his legs. Say, grow a pair and go forge yourself a proper career. Stop going out on loan in your <laughs> mid twenties, you goon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it didn't it didn't Ross Barkley start for Chelsea as well at the weekend? I mean, you know, it's his. Uh, it mind did, you, they, yeah. they they drew, didn't they, to Burnley? So it probably didn't work out uh, quite 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 so well. Um, so, I mean, obviously, with with any uh, managerial casualty, um, there are question marks against against the players, and, and whether um, they've lost faith in the in the manager or the manager has lost the dressing room, so to speak. Um, we have discussed how how cracks were seemingly appearing this season, and and then of course um, the dropping of captain uh, Tyro Mings seemed to highlight difficulties that that, that Smith was battling at that time. Uh, certain players have, have offered messages on social media. Um, one or two sort of questionable offerings uh, as well. Um, mercifully, really for Dean um, and, and those of us who who were behind him, he 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 was spared the the uh, indignity really of of enduring the the fans in the ground sort of turning on him. Um, that never happened, which I feel really good about. I actually feel. I'm I'm pleased in a sense. If he had been given another couple of games, the crowd might have turned on him, and 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 that would have been, that would have made the whole thing seem seem a lot worse. Um, but is there a case that the players have have let him down here? There's a big case that the players have turned have, have let him down. None more so than Axel Twens. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologise, Axel. I shouldn't have called you a goon. Um, but the rest of it, I mean, I, 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 I want, I want, I, I never, I never get personal with the players because it's not personal. But I would like you gone as a footballer. Um, I think you, you've, you've, you've not been very good. You know, I think he is better off as a potted plant at Old Trafford than he is. Um, which he seems to be happy with, um, just hanging around, um, getting some water and growing over there, rather than trying to be in the villa villa for the team. I think Twanzebi has badly let Dean Smith down. Again, Axel still yet to have a, a good game, and Dean Smith has really um, pushed for that signing on loan and, and and tried to help Axel more than once. But Axel hasn't helped himself. You look at Ollie Watkins, you know, shanking chances against Chelsea and points that could have saved his manager's job. You know, Watkins has been taken from Exeter City to, to England by Dean Smith, uh, you know, via Brentford. Let's not forget their involvement in, in Watkins' development as well. Um, but uh, Watkins has had a, a, a poor season, shanking chances, missing chances, you know, first 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 touch like a cinder block. John McGinn we've spoken about. Again, um, one good performance, one stand-up performance every five. 
you know, turning up against Tottenham Hotspur and, and pulling out a pass completion in the 60s. Um, again, very easy to tweet your support now, John and, and, and uh, Watkins. Where were you when Dean Smith needed you? You weren't, you weren't there. Matt Target, I'll give him some credit. He, he came out uh, in an interview after the Southampton game, fronted up and said, look, you know, I haven't, I haven't been good enough. So respect him for that. Um, you know, Matt Target was a Southampton reserve before, before um, Dean Smith got hold of him. Mings was a, a forgotten left back at Bournemouth. Again, he's had patchy form. I will say Mings did stand up and be counted. I was really impressed with Mings' response against Southampton. I thought he really had a good game. Uh, Douglas Louise um, has, has had a good season, uh, but he's been missing. You know, Dean Smith pulled him from Man City obscurity. Couldn't even get a work permit to play for, work permit to play for Man City. Uh, he was relegated with Girona in Spain. Concer pulled from mid-table in the championship. Matty Cash pulled from mid-table in the championship. Now about to make his uh, Poland debut in the next few days alongside uh, Robert Lewandowski. How Courtney Horse throwing forearms against uh, against the uh, against the the West Ham uh, player Fornells. Uh, he was he was brought in from the Wolves reserves. So lots of these players that Dean Smith has really plucked from nowhere um, really have not looked after him in the way that he's looked after them. Dean Smith needed some performances from his big players. He's needed some performances from Watkins. He's needed some more from, from Target. He certainly needed more from Mings and McGinn, and he just hasn't got it. So it's it's difficult not to point some fingers at the players because, you know, lots of them are playing so far beneath themselves. It's It's been a little bit frightening in the last few games. Yeah, I, I think for me... I said something's rotten at Villa and I think it it maybe has to do with a few players. We didn't, even when things got bad, we didn't see this kind of capitulation of character that we've seen from Villa over the last five games. We didn't see people like Samson throwing a hissy fit on the bench or Buendia storming off when he's substituted or or kind of Mings looking glum-faced on the bench. And and what worries me is, is it seems like we've signed players who don't, who don't show the same leadership that we expect from this this club and, and don't show the same work rate. I mean, Leon Bailey against Southampton was a horror show. The lack of tracking back, I put more work in than that when, when I have to get up and go to my desk on a Monday morning. He was just not tracking back from minute one. It was an embarrassing effort. And he wasn't alone. I mean, Samson's been dropped because, yeah, when he's had opportunities, he's done well. But he had a run of games last year and, and did not cut the mustard. And, and I think we've got a we've got to look at some of the players we've brought in and, and whether we've actually looked at things like work rate and character and whether they fitted in with this tightly knit squad that we built or whether they've fallen, fallen foul of that and actually upset what was a really tightly knit group. Because, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the way a lot of these players have reacted to Smith, whether that was because of Smith or not. And I definitely wasn't a fan of some of the Instagram posts and social media nonsense that comes out. Freddie Gilbert can do one. Anyone who thinks he's he's good enough to play for Aston Villa, let alone has the kind of character that should be in a team, he can sod off for France and be the average left back, or average right back that he is. Slide tackling any opportunity. I mean, I, I don't want him anywhere near my club. And and his kind of social media summed it up entirely. Why? Yeah, and that that was that was. Uh... That was interesting. That was one of the the questionable ones, and he he did sort of tweet afterwards that this wasn't about Villa. Yeah, whatever. Come on, these come guys on. know what's going it wasn't. on. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's um, and and fair you know, enough. You know, the same, Gil- the same maybe with with Douglas Louise, but 
you can understand Gilbert, you know, he feels slighted. He feels as though he should be in, you know, he feels that Dean Smith is, didn't give him a chance or whatever, but, you know, he had a whole season and, and, and he had a season as the, as, as the right back for a team which survived by a point, you know, he, he did have a run. So it wasn't like Dean Smith uh, never played him and, and, and bummed him out to France, but it is, it's a little bit unseemly and it shows a bit of a lack of class. I mean, you know, professionally if you're working in 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 any kind of field and you don't like your manager that that's normal it happens but what you don't do probably when when the manager moves along is do a public tweet or something like that it's just unnecessary if 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 you need to do it you know text your missus text your mates say ah I'm glad he's gone you know keep it private there's no need to do it in public it's just it's just classless so you're saying if you two leave the pod i shouldn't send tweets is that is that the message i'm getting here <laughs> am i the manager i don't think i am <laughs> no um no just 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 abuse us directly on whatsapp that's that's the, that's the best way um yeah. but um no i think th- i think this is it i think it's the um the you know this 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 feeling that things have fallen apart from that respect and you kind of think well you know if if a, if if a man manager of of Dean Smith's quality and as someone as upstanding as Dean Smith and you know and as 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 classy as Dean Smith can't keep a dressing room you know a reasonable Premier League dressing room happy um, then then who can you know you sort of think well this is this is just uh, the, the watermark, isn't it, really, for 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 everyone? Um, how you know, where do you go from here? You know, if 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 you're having to, if 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 Dean Smith is struggling with with a relatively ordinary group of players, um, you know, who who's going to be any better? I just I just find it I I, I just find that 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 strange, really. But undoubtedly, the players have let him down. Um, you know, and some big characters that that you know that you'd. Dean Smith undoubtedly showed a lot of faith, um, faith in and, and expected to be able to rely on, um, have, have, have let him down really. And, um, but that's football, you know, that's, 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 that's part of, um, part of what happens. And, you know, um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I just feel very sour about the whole thing. And it is, it's, it's, it is sour because it's, it's a guy that you know. It, and it, it is Andy. I have to say, you are really in the know, Andy, because when that Wolves thing happened, is you, you I think you said this, this, you said at the time, this, this could be a sliding doors moment, and da, 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 da. and I was, I was, I, 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 I didn't agree. I was like, no, no, this is a, just a one-off. It's just the randomness of sport. Happen, same thing happened with us. Andre Green back post. Um, McGinn Green. What was that commentary? Anyway, whatever it was, you know, Sheffield United went on to get promotion. Had a great first season. It's just a blip. It's just a randomness of football. But you saw something that I didn't see, and that was that it was symptomatic of a, of a greater problem. And that this, uh, and as it turned out, that was the. Um, it was the. It wasn't just the end of the beginning. It was the beginning of the end. I was on board with that. I, I thought Andy was talking nonsense, which he doesn't normally do, but he was spot on. And yeah, <laughs> I think think what worries me about it though is this is not a good job to come into. the The fans will be throwing names around on Twitter, and we'll discuss some of them later. But this is not a good job to come into at the moment. The the players are on their knees, confidence wise. 
The squad is unbalanced. There's no defined style of play. We've got a tough run of fixtures coming up and and a crowd that aren't going to be super forgiving if, if they're this sad about Dino going. So this is not an attractive proposition for a manager. And and yeah, I think Andy kind of maybe spotted something the rest of us didn't, which is that there's there's something fundamentally broken at the club that we we glossed over a little bit. And hopefully I'll be proved wrong on that and some new manager will come in and rocket us into the Europa Conference places, the, the hallowed ground that, that the Smith Out Brigade desperately want us to get to. But um, yeah, I think, and, uh, you know, fair play, Andy properly in the know on this point <laughs> i mean it was it was it, it was more of a feeling i suppose it's it's one of them isn't it where you sort of think this this could be a catalyst or it, or it could go the other way um i mean my 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 feeling about um the direction that vera have been going in was kind of clouded in the summer when um when the two coaches left when o- o'kelly and, and terry left i just felt that was that was strange, and the reasons that were given were odd. Um, and the guys that came in, I mean, I'm 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 really not on board with 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 McPhee. I don't know much about Aaron Danks, you know. Um, by all accounts, he's got a very good reputation, but I'm not on board with this this McPhee. And I feel like, um, and even Shakespeare, you know, I'm 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 quite pleased that he's kind of followed Dean Smith out the door, really, because. Um, you know, I've just got—I just had a bad, bad feeling about him, and that's not really based on on anything much. Um, but you know, you do—you you get a vibe, don't you? you? You do get a feeling about people, and you know, that's all we can have, isn't it, as supporters? Really, um, I just—I just wasn't sure, and I felt that um, I felt that this season, um, rather, I was expecting—I I was expecting that that the, the, the the style of play to go more back to what I expected of Dean Smith in the first place, the high pressing um, kind of, you know, fast pace attacking football, um, which I expected, which we saw at Brentford. Um, And we hadn't really seen it at Villa because he had Jack Grealish. So he had to build the team around Jack Grealish. You can't, you can't ignore the fact that you've got, You've got a player like that in the team. You have to build to their strengths, um, which he did. So that kind of took away from his ideals. And then this season, we've just been... Everything has been focused on set pieces. And, um, you know, I understand the need to do that and to to be good at set pieces. But it felt like our whole game plan was was based around around these set pieces. And we, we actually weren't very good at them. We haven't been very good at them, apart from an overhead kick by Ings, which everyone gave McPhee all this credit for. But, you know, it was essentially, um, you know, the only reason to do an overhead kick is if the if the pass is bad. <laughs> you know, you don't... <laughs> no, one, no one crosses the ball or flicks the ball on um, for an overhead kick, do they? You know, it's a bit of improvisation to make the best of a bad situation. And, uh, you know... Didn't didn't seem to justify the the credit that we threw to, towards that coach really, and um, maybe I'm just um, using hindsight a little bit here, but it just it's, my point really is that it felt like things were moving away from what what Dean Smith really wanted, and maybe his style of management by committee um, hasn't hasn't really helped him in this instance because people have perhaps had too much influence when they haven't earned it. 
um, is my point. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah, think- yeah, I'd agree with you. There, not much to add. I think you're right. It's um, the I think we lack an identity. We spoke about this last week, and and I think that's ultimately what's come back to haunt Dino. Yeah, I think I think that the the, the set piece issues. Um, you know, th- there's been complaints apparently from some of the players that every throw in has to be a. Uh, 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 like a set piece and and the long throws were effective in the first two or three games and now teams have caught on to it and we're still doing them and they're not as effective so um we've conceded lots of goals from corners and stuff so the net gain actually has been has been down because we've 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 been just as bad from set pieces you know i in terms of you know managing by committee this is one of the ways i think dean smith has, has, has shown strength um, because it's not necessarily easy to listen to other people's ideas and go with other people's ideas. That is a, 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 a sign of a good leader. Uh, you know, a good leader brings people along rather than dictating to them. And um, unfortunately, um, the people he's brought along seem to have led him down the garden path and have cost him his job. But he has to take some responsibility for that. I mean, even the, with the Southampton game, I know we're not going to talk about it in, in any detail, but... You know, I begged last week on this show. I was like, "Dean, come on! For the love of God, for the love of your, for the love of your job, just part the bus." And then he he starts with five forwards, <laughs> which is which is which is commendable. But you know, this is what's going to happen. I know we're going to move on to talk about the next manager in a moment, um, so I won't preempt that too much. But the first thing a new manager is going to do is that they're going to stop us leaking goals, make us hard to beat, and then build from there because. Coaching a low block, as we see, you know, we'll see now in the international break as the big teams huff and puff for 40, 50 minutes against the so-called minnows trying to break them down. The easiest thing to do, even if you've got average players, is to coach organisation and a low block and, and good good defensive solidarity. So, But Dean Smith didn't do it. Um, maybe that's his fault. Maybe it's he listened too much, but either way, he's, he's paid the price. And um, again, Old Yellow's been taken out back and um, we have to think about we have to probably think about your your uh, take your taking yourself uh, out the back, the front, and and all kinds of things in a moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we talked about identity there, and um, I'm thinking about my own identity, particularly my physical identity. And obviously, I've got a bald head. Um, not a lot of people know that, but it is it is pretty bald. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, have you got any suggestions about how I might? upgrade my identity a bit craig well absolutely well obviously the the, the bald head you you can get a wayne rooney we talked about this i think off the air a couple of weeks ago you can go get some hair transplanted from other areas of your body where you may be more bountiful in the hair department onto the top of your head i think they do those those procedures nowadays um but that is not a procedure that i'm it's here expensive, though. no it is expensive i i we're not here to advertise those kind of procedures although if you are looking for sponsorship opportunities and you'd like me to talk about your product, <laughs> then, uh, you know, we are we are open to offers. But for right now, we're going to talk about our current sponsors, Manscaped.com. So earlier, I likened Axel Twanzebi to a potted plant at Old Trafford because he's kind of there. You might notice him. Sometimes it's quite pleasant to have him there. But if someone took him away, you probably wouldn't be too upset. And the question is, in your personal life, do you want to be a potted plant? Do you want to be a wallflower? Or do you want to shine? Do you want to stand out? Do you want to be 
more Raphael? Do you want to be Raphael Varane? Varane even? Or do you want to be Axel Twanzebe? Because let me tell you, potted plants do not get the action. The action comes to those who stand out. The action comes to those who have a look at themselves and think, just like Andy's thinking. You know, I'm already a bit of a Greek god over here. But how do I get those marginal gains? How do I get a little bit fitter, a little bit stronger, a little bit sexier? And this is how you do it. You go to www.manscaped.com. You buy yourself the performance package 4.0. And what you do when you're in the uh, the trolley there is you use our promo code LAMP, which is L-A-M-P, and you get free worldwide shipping and 20% off. And then when those bountiful Manscaped 4.0 products arrive in your mailbox, or hopefully they don't get stolen by porch pirates, or they get dropped in your wheelie bin, or whatever nonsense they're doing with deliveries these days, you make sure that you unbox that performance package 4.0 and you stroke it tenderly like you would a lover because you're going to know that this box isn't just equipment to groom yourself. This box is a gateway to you being no more a potted plant like Axel Twanzebe. You can be the Raphael Varane. You can be a sexy European cup-winning sex fiend with your balls smelling fresh, your pubes shaved down, your bum hair under control. It can all be beautiful below the belt. Don't be a potted plant. Use Manscaped with our promo code LAMP. Get 20% off on free shipping with our promo code LAMP at www.manscaped.com. Pot, no potted plants were harmed in this advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Craig. I mean, that's uh, that's inspirational. Um, very passionate. Yeah, the uh, get onto it, guys, because uh, I know I know. Uh, I'm, well, whether I will or not, I'll, I'll keep to myself. <laughs> um, <but> anyway, <laughs> yeah, please don't share, Andy. We share enough on this part as it is. <laughs> But attention uh, will now refocus um, to who may be the next Villa manager um, who we hope to be um, hopefully appointed uh, to take charge of the Brighton match um, at home a week on Saturday. However, several clubs such as Tottenham um, in the summer and Newcastle more recently have struggled to get their targets in. Rangers manager Steven Gerrard um, Ex-assistant manager John Terry and perennial candidate Paolo Fonseca are the current bookies' favourites, um, while Southampton manager Ralph Hasenhutl and Danish boss Jasper Hulmand, um have also been named. Um, this is a, a vital appointment, really, and, you know, as it could easily make the situation worse or, or things could, could hopefully improve um, as well. Are you liking any of the names mentioned um, or do you have any other thoughts of who, who might get the job here? Do I like any of the name mentioned? In a word, no. Um, I think all of them represent sideways steps for me and I think that's that's kind of an issue. But, but kind of breaking them down, are there people I'd prefer? 
Yeah, I mean, Steven Gerrard's an odd one. Clearly a promising managerial career ahead of him. There's one lots up in Scotland, but we all know that Scottish league wins are like dog years. You need seven of them to equal a Premier League win. And he's still very much got his managerial training bra on, so I'm not sure I want him to to fill out at Aston Villa. Um, I'm not sure I like the the Roberto Martinez rumours today. I'm not sure I I see a, a national team manager leaving a national team job just before a World Cup. I don't think John Terry's the man for the job. Fonseca can get a Newcastle job, so I don't think he's the man. The only name that really appeals to me is Ralph Hasenhurtel, and it's it's not just because I love his tailoring. I think he's a good manager who's stalled at Southampton and has shown what he can do on a budget. Uh, previous to Southampton, he was one of the hottest properties in Europe, and I think he's, he's the kind of man who can come in and not just stabilise us, but revolutionise us. Um, but I don't think he's an upgrade on Dino, but he's the name out of all of them that I think I'd be most accepting of coming in. I mean, obviously, Gerard's the exciting one. There's the Perslow contact there, but it's a roll of the dice getting Stephen Gerrard in now. And and I'd just warn that, you know, it is a crucial appointment because if we get in the next Remy guard, we could see ourselves going down. It's, it's, it's a pivotal moment for this club. And I think the Perslow and co have to get it right. They do have to get it right. Um, I am not thrilled with any of the candidates. I'm hoping there's someone under the radar that we don't know about. I would also hope that um, that this has already been done in the background. Um, I hate the idea that we would be in a position that Newcastle were in or Tottenham were in in the summer where we're scrambling around interviewing this person, that person, this person, that person. It becomes a very public and messy affair. Aston Villa have gained traction throughout the football industry for dealing with things properly. Uh, smooth dealings with Southampton for Danny Ings, for example. Smooth uh, uh, dealings with the likes of Exeter City and Bristol Rovers, who have come out and commended Aston Villa for their dealings when we've signed up some of their youngsters. So I would hope that that continues. I hope it's none of these, these names, um, because I don't believe any of them necessarily are a guaranteed upgrade on Dean Smith. Keyword there, guaranteed. Um, Steven Gerrard, John Terry, they frighten me. I don't want to be Steven Gerrard's guinea pig, or Aston Villa, should I say. I don't want to test out Steven Gerrard's Premier League credentials on Aston Villa. Same thing for John Terry. I don't I don't want to be the guinea pig. I don't want to be the crash test dummy. I, Aston Villa, need a, a manager who is, who is ready and experienced in my estimation uh, because the expectation is so high. Because the stadium is so big, because the fans can turn so toxic, particularly on social media. Um, so any new manager would do well to avoid social media because, um, you know, as we know, a couple of bad results and the the, uh, <laughs> the wolves will be at the door. Um, Elmo, um, Elmo Hamadi said something on Twitter today as we're recording Monday, November 8th. That uh, was really interesting, you know, coming from someone who has been so deeply ingrained in the club in the recent history. He said the first thing uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he said the most important thing is that you get a manager who could deal with the expectation. So lots of managers may be wonderful tacticians. I'm sure lots of them are more uh, are better tacticians than, 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 than Dean Smith, for that matter. But being a good tactician is only a very, very small part of the job, which says, seems like a mad thing for a Premier League manager. But you're also dealing with public perception. You're also dealing with the Villa Park faithful. You're also dealing with a bunch of spoiled millionaires, lots of them from diverse backgrounds, who may or may not be interested in listening to you. So you also have to be able to communicate properly. And, and, and Dean Smith 
we know well, whatever his uh, limitations, he was a great communicator, a popular man. So we need someone who's able to communicate with, with the players, get them on side, who has tactical uh, uh, awareness, hopefully has experience. You know, there's a long list and, and someone who can deal with the expectation. I like Graham Potter as, as a manager, but he has not had anything like the kind of scrutiny in his career that he will face on day one at Aston Villa. Be that the local media, be that the fans, that pressure does things to people. Pressure some people can cope with it. Some people cannot cope with it. And again, anyone you bring in is a real gamble because Aston Villa is a really specific and unique club and it is a managerial graveyard. Just look at, just look at the managers that come through Aston Villa. We've, we, we kill careers. Uh, Ron Atkinson, I think, had a cup of coffee maybe at Sheffield Wednesday, end of his career. Uh, Graham Taylor after his second stint that was that was him done uh, you know uh, uh, Paul Lambert's fallen down the leagues Alex McLeish had, uh, uh, he, he had some time at Rangers I think at Scotland now he's done um, we Remy Gard hasn't been since since you know Tim Sherwood hasn't got another managerial job we can go on and on and on we chew managers up and spit them out or in the case of Dean Smith we take him out the back and shoot him in the head when, when we don't like him anymore <laughs> So um, it, has, it, it is a tougher, it is a very attractive job. Lots of people will want it, but it is a really difficult job, particularly as you're coming in, replacing a very popular manager on both on the terraces and also in the dressing room. These players, as badly as they've been playing, love Dean Smith, maybe not Gilbert, but they love Dean Smith and they care about him as an individual. So it's really big shoes to to, to fill, and um, this isn't this isn't a job for, for 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 a rookie, in my estimation. It's not the job for a first timer. So, I mean, I'm probably with you. Probably of the names mentioned, probably Hassan Hootel would be would be my pick. But again, if you're asking me right now, would I rather have Dean Smith back tomorrow or Ralph Hassan Hootel? I tell you, I'd rather have Dean Smith back tomorrow. However unrealistic that might be, so. I'm not excited by the the, 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 the the managers listed, but I will say I'm an Aston Villa supporter, first and foremost, and supporting the team means just that. So whoever does get the job, I will throw my back in behind them and, I, and I'll support them as best I can and, 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 and cheer them on. Um, but phew, goodness me, this could be a poison chalice for whoever takes over. Well, it is, isn't it? I mean, I was... Um I'm not. I'm not against. Personally, I'm not against the the idea of Steven Gerrard, and and that that's um, you know he wasn't a player that I I enjoyed. Let's say I, I, you know he, good player that he was. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't someone that um, that I particularly liked. I'm, I know some DJs who didn't particularly like him either, but that's probably from a different. <laughs> uh, that's probably something we but shouldn't I, talk about. Uh, <laughs> But I think, I think with um, you know, you talk about someone that can that can cope with the pressure. Um, I certainly think Steven Gerrard has got broad shoulders, and I think, um, and 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 the thing about it is, it's it's about a man's ability to do the job, isn't it? Rather than what they've done before, I suppose. If you. Um, uh, if you, you know, ideally you kind of think, well, this this managerial candidate has done well at these clubs, like Lucien Favre, for example. You know, he's he's been at he's been at big clubs. He's he's done well at 
at various places. So you might you might look at him and say, well, he's got a track record, which makes it more likely that he'll succeed at, at, at Villa. But that's not necessarily the case. Um, John Gregory had managed Wickham for about six months before he he came, and he's he's in most people's um, sort of sort of certainly the younger generation's um, top three Villa managers. So you know, it's not it's not always it's not always an exact science, is it? And sometimes um, it's just a perfect storm that comes together, and and a, and a manager does well. Um, so I think I think Gerard's got the got the credentials in terms of I think I think he he you know he knows how to how to get a team winning. Um, the the Rangers people assume the Rangers' job is an easy job. You know they Celtic had won was it nine in a row um, before Rangers won the league last season. So you know it's 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 a hell of a he's done a hell of a job up there. Um, you know with that club. And um, he's got he's got a lot of a lot of potential, and he's got the the name, the charisma, um, and the, the 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 broad shoulders. I think to cope with it. The only issue is that obviously, you know, he's waiting for one job um, in particular, isn't he? And you know, we we are a bit of a we would be a bit of a stepping stone. But if he does well, that means Villa have done well, and we're in a better position then to to go and attract the next man. So. Um, I'm not overly concerned about that um, at, at the moment, but the, the issue is that you look at all the candidates really, and there's no one that stands out as a as an upgrade um, on Dean Smith from the guys that that, that we've that have, have been um, have been touted around so far, and I think that's 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 the worry. Yeah, I think I mean I was deliberately flippant talking about Gerard, and and I think Craig made an excellent point. Readers, uh, listeners who tuned in today and heard us kind of wax lyrical about Dean Smith might think that that we'll stop supporting Villa or we'll, well, you know, we won't be behind a new manager. But the truth of the matter is, whoever they get in, whether we think he's the right man for the job or not, we'll back to the hill. And, you know, as sad as it is to see Dino go, we all want to see a successful Villa. And fingers crossed, whoever they get in will be the manager to take us there. I just, I think we, we need to, we need to be cautious about the, the recruitment process and and we should flag if we're not happy with some of the candidates because I think, you know, I can very easily see us slipping into the doldrums again and no one wants that. But whoever comes in has my full backing and I think has this pod's full backing no matter who it is. Yeah, I mean, it's going it, it to... It is a it is a, a tough act to follow um, for sure. Um, but I, I would like to think even, the, even those of us who have been um, sulking all weekend into... Uh, <laughs> I was deep into a bottle of red wine last night um <laughs> uh, which is not a responsible way to deal with your problems boys and girls um not that it's a problem it's not my problem it was just disappointing but um you know i would like to think even those of us who are disappointed with the decision won't won't use that you know this decision hasn't been made by the new manager uh so we shouldn't use it against the new manager but at the same time big shoes to fill yeah, definitely. And um, just just before we uh, we finish up, um, we, we've got no game obviously this weekend. It's the international break, so our prediction is going to be um, who either of the names mentioned or of someone else who is going to be in, in the dugout for Aston Villa for the Brighton game. We'll start with Craig. I'm hoping this is all a fever dream, and Dean Smith. <laughs> no. Um, um, <laughs> If if I could pick anyone, I would probably I might 
if I could pick anyone, um, well, no, if I could pick anyone, obviously I'd, I'd probably have Pep Guardiola. So that's not, you know, <laughs> so that's not realistic. Uh, but anyone uh, <laughs> realistic, um, I would, I would like if we could get him. I would love to see AVB or um, or, or Favre maybe. But um, I think more realistic might be someone like Graham Potter. Um, again, at least as a, as a local man, not, not that that's a prerequisite. He's going to have some understanding of the size of the, the club and the local culture, which has been really important for Dean Smith and the connection with the fans. Um, so I, I probably... <sighs> I don't even want to say, I don't know. I, I, I'm not ready. It's too soon. <laughs> it's too soon. <laughs> you asked... <laughs> You want realism, Andy? I'll give you realism. It's going to be Steven Gerrard. I think Potter won't leave Brighton. He's onto too good a thing. I like Lucien Favre. I like AVB. AVB wants to be a rally car driver now, and Lucien Favre turned down the Palace job. So, I, you know, which is an attractive London job and a rebuilding project. I'm, I'm not sure why he'd take a team mid-season that's in transition. Um, but I think this has got Steven Gerrard written all over it, and that's who I think will be in the dugout come the Brighton game. If anyone is, this will be a test of the ball metal to see if they can get it done in time how about you Andy prediction time yeah I think it'd be interesting if it was Graham Potter wouldn't it against his old club <laughs> um I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with um Stephen Gerrard as well that's that seems to be the um the the way things things are looking although um I think there's a I think there are noises around um Ralph Hassenhutel and I think it would. I mean, both of them presumably would command a um, compensation fee, um, but it's going to be one of those two. I'm going to go for Gerard, um, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But thanks for joining me, uh, guys. I hope it's. Um, I hope it's soothed some of your angst over this. Uh, this the last couple of days, and certainly has has for me. So, um, and thanks to everyone for listening. Remember, if you want your Manscaped products. Head over to manscaped.com and use our code LAMP for 20% off and free shipping. Um, and if you want to give us a follow on, on social media, please do. Obviously, we're, we're all on social media. Um, and you can follow under a gaslit lamp at villalamp.com as well. Um, and the, the, the website at under a gaslit lamp.com for all the latest writing. And if you haven't read Dan's piece, head over there and, uh, and give it a check, check out. Um, other than that, um, enjoy your international break. Don't worry too much about the villa and um, stay safe and up the villa. <laughs>